0: He keeps himself in trim by bending bars of iron. This bar is the genuine article which we tested before he began to play with it. Beyond the bend. Beyond the bend.
1: All right, Don, welcome back to the show.
0: Hey, how's it going, man? Good to see you. It's
1: going really well. Thanks for coming back on
0: yeah no for sure the podcast has been fun it's fun listening every week
1: yeah thank you for listening and uh it's wild that people are listening every once in like every couple weeks someone will message me and say they just found the show and they're all psyched up about it and it's just like to be honest if i i would still be doing this even if there was like five people listening (laughs) you know it's fun for me to talk to all you guys and to pick up little tips so it's cool
0: yeah no it's got to be a cool job talking to all sorts of different vendors and current vendors, old vendors, you know, all sorts of people you've talked to. It's cool.
1: Yeah, for sure. So you've been up to a whole bunch of stuff. I listened back to the first episode uh, this morning while I was working. That was August 30th when that came out. And uh, you've done a whole lot of stuff since then. And there's a couple particular that I want to talk about. The first one uh is the uh double giant killer the two sixty pennies and the two grade fives that's probably my, yeah. fa- my favorite video you have out i've watched that thing a number of times because your reaction when that thing starts moving is like so motivating that so i just want to hear you talk about that that was such a cool cool
0: video to watch it's uh that was maybe it actually it probably was the hardest fight vent i've ever done I mean that thing I I think it took almost 30 minutes to do and you know of a long time of no movement at all (laughs) and (laughs) I I think I took it to a different level and finally I just got myself you know in the right mind frame and and willed it to complete but it's uh yeah that was probably the hardest bike man I've ever done it was it was very hard on me
1: yeah yeah that was an amazing one I think it was in like the the 23rd minute or something like that, it started moving. And uh, it, that included your rap time and everything, but it, uh, that, uh, that was a cool video. That was really inspiring. And that uh, the uh, three grade fives was also cool. That The tear you went on the spike bending was great.
0: Yeah, no, we did some good spikes for sure. It's, uh, I love those spikes. I don't know, It just, you can create so much power in that position And I don't know, I feel it all over my body. I feel like it's working me all over the place. I feel like it's a good strength builder and you can just bed such big bars. It's cool.
1: Yeah, it's actually, I was talking to uh, Dave Nisbet who I just had on the show. He's been kind enough to be kind of helping me with like just some overall strength uh, coaching in a remote capacity. Yeah, he looks like a strong dude. A wealth of knowledge. And he's always talking about, creating tension in the body for your, uh, your, your regular lifts and stuff like that. And that's what I feel like with those, those short braced bends that uh, the leg crush is I just have to, uh, or, and it looks like you're doing the same thing. It's just like, you have to just create so much tension and just like generate all of that force into the, into that small little, uh, whatever you're bending, you know?
0: Yeah. It's all about body tension. There's no doubt about it. Most bends are really are, you know, I mean, it's all about creating tension and, trying to get as many different muscles and tendons and everything's force combined and exerted through your hands.
1: Yeah. That's something the more that you-, you can
0: pull from every little fiber, you know, the more you're going to create tension and more, you're going to be able to, you know, exert that force on the bar.
1: Definitely. That was something JT talked about last week was just about, how he was really like, uh, explaining how tight he was grabbing the wraps and it's like, that kind of like stuck in my mind it was like, yeah, I'm grabbing them tight, but I'm not really like thinking about how much like how much I'm really squeezing them, you know. And it's like I'm gonna have to keep that in the forefront of my mind when I go back to some double overhand bending.
0: Yeah, I think he said something like his, you know, he'd get spasms in his quads sometimes. Double yeah,
1: overhand
0: bending, just because yeah. he's tightening everything in his body. Yeah, I liked
1: that. Yeah, he was a lot of fun to talk to, and. I definitely don't think it's out of the realm of possibility to see him come back. I can definitely still see like a, the fire in his eyes about uh, bending, no doubt. Yeah, he was a
0: big-time bender back in his heyday. I mean, he did some real big bends. He, he's super powerful guy, you can tell.
1: Yep, and on the elite list of uh, Bastard in Every Way, which is a, a short list of uh, if you're into bending all names, you'll recognize pretty much.
0: Yeah, no, it's a good list for sure. Uh, Shows the well-rounded, you know, well-rounded unbraced bending.
1: Yeah. Uh, Also, you've been up to uh, a couple of long endurance feats with the boxes of 60 Ds.
0: Yeah, I think when we recorded that first episode, I was doing that original 50-pound box maybe like in a week or something. Yep. Like it was very shortly after we recorded it.
1: You and then just, for the noah
0: army noah's army fundraiser i did you know then i topped that
1: one yeah uh when we spoke you had just done 125 and 30 minutes i think for like a little test of uh test of the feet, and then i think uh, a little bit after that you went on to do the first box and then obviously went above and beyond for the noah's army foundation
0: yeah i'm real happy those are two of my favorite feats i've ever done it's uh not long after starting bending, I read about John Brookfield bending the 50-pound box. And that was always, you know, kind of like the 100 red nails when I read about that. It just was such a badass feat in my mind and just something I had to do. And it, it uh, was in my mind. And then this summer, I trained for it and, and got it done. But it's, that was a real cool feat. And then I was happy to be part of Noah's Army's uh, fundraiser and, you know, help Bud out.
1: Definitely. The, I didn't realize that the uh, 100 uh, red nails had, had been previously done. Who, who did that one?
0: Um, Greg Amadon and Dave Morton. Okay. So they did it in, I want to say 2005. Wow. And uh, they've been 100, and I forget how long. I want to say three hours or something like that. And I, that was one too, I read about just kind of searching around on the grip board when I first started bending and um, it was just always kind of in the back of my mind. And then my first big birthday challenge was on my 40th birthday. I bent uh, 40 red nails on my 40th birthday and it tore the living hell out of me. I mean, I was in bad pain. I'd never done like a big endurance feat like that before. And I was bloody and beat up and like, in a lot of pain. <laughs> and I got done with it and I said, No way am I doing this out of red. Dead. I was like, it, it left my mind. Yeah. And, uh, but then later on, I started thinking about it again and I'm like, Shit, I can do it. And um, it was actually at Gritmas, the last Gritmas. Nate Brous and I were um, eating dinner the night before the contest and we started talking about that feat <laughs> um, over some beers. And it got me motivated again. And I'm like, All right, next summer. After my contest is over, I'll switch, you know, and train for that and do the 100 red nails. Wow.
1: And what'd the, uh, what the training look like leading up to that? Or are you just trying to like hit particular numbers at certain week markers kind of thing? Or
0: Yeah, all my big endurance feats, I've basically done it the same. I just, every week do a kind of a jump, like, and so for the 100 reds, I don't, that was a couple of years ago, so I don't remember the exact, but I think the most I ever did was 50 in training okay. so i think i maybe did 20 then i did 30 the next week then i did 40 then i did 50 then i did the 102 wow and so i you know what i've kind of come to realize is you only need to destroy yourself one time <laughs> and you know i mean there's no sense just beating yourself to a pulp and training yeah. doing 50 percent right. of something like that is enough to toughen you up and get you in shape and then then on the feet day you just got to push through the pain yeah uh, you know, there's no reason just to bloody yourself, you know, in training to just get yourself tough, and then go for it. Yeah. The one yeah. that really, you know, I was kind of nervous about was the 66 inch, 66 inch, six inch bastards, the Devil's uh-huh. Challenge. Yeah. With that one, um, I did 22 two weeks out, and then one week out, I was going to do 33. And I went and I couldn't even do 10. Like, I don't know why. I was just having a bad day. Wow. Like a week out. And I, I like, I got to like 10. I just didn't have anything in me. And so I was nervous for the feet day because I wasn't sure what I was going to come with. Yeah. 22 yeah. was hard. And then, you know, I don't know. It, uh, but then I the feet day. I pushed through and did the 66. But it, nice. you know, you have the bad days, but, you know, you just kind of gradually ramp up to it. as hard done
1: it. Yeah. So you did the 22 and then ha- how long in between when you tried the 33?
0: I want to say a week you know uh, normally you know do it on a saturday and then yeah. your hands get tore up pretty good let them heal up till the next week and then you know try to do the next step up the progression
1: yep I mean, yeah, the same with
0: 60 pennies you know i did yeah you know, like you said 125 then i think i did the next week i did 250 and then the next week was defeat. By yeah
1: 70. yeah i want to kind of ask you about how much time you take to recover after these long these uh larger endure, endurance uh type feats because uh personally i feel like i'm still recovering after my thing for uh noah's army like i just felt like my nervous system was just shot like i haven't been able to have a good bending day since oh yeah yeah,
0: yeah it's um honestly every time i do one i recover faster
1: yeah that you know it's just
0: all all of your training's cumulative yeah you know? just each workout each bend, each feed each time you push yourself to a certain limit you just can push further and further you know like yeah. I think the 725 60 penny nails I was way less sore after than the 575 wow you know just my body's you just get used to beating on yourself and yeah. pushing to a certain level like so I, I think that what I did it on Saturday the 725. I probably trained my regular weightlifting day, maybe even on Monday and then was bending on Wednesday, I think.
1: Wow. Wow.
0: And uh,
1: how much are we not seeing uh, of your bending workouts? Like, it seems like pretty much each week you have something to put out there that's like maybe a never been done type thing for you, at least, uh, or like a personal record. Um, Like, are you up to a lot of just, let's see, like if we could just call it like, Bend, like rep bending like are you just are you still bending stuff that's just like easy for you to just get the volume in or are you just pushing it all the time
0: no i don't think volume bending does much good for me i think when you're first starting out just getting the reps in and stuff is good but i think when you start getting higher level just higher higher end bends is is what you need and so um yeah i've always got something to do to like motivate me really short term uh-huh. you know like uh, this cert or that cert or this record you know something that I can do and you know just kind of get me motivated but that'll be done just in the middle of a normal workout where I'm doing 10-15 other bends that are all probably fairly hard bends uh-huh. and um, so maybe it's you know I want to do this herito single wrap, sir. You know, I'll try that at the beginning. Hey, well, I may fail it and yeah. I fail stuff all the time, but I'm always, I always try to do max type bends. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't get a whole lot from doing some max bends, um, Interesting. but it's always, you know, if I put out a video of something that wasn't like the whole workout that was probably done towards the beginning. And then I, uh, you know, I did a bunch of other bends. Most of my workouts, I do braced and unbraced. Yep. And, uh, you know, I'll do double underhand, double overhand, reverse, and then a couple different types of brace bends all in one workout.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to ask you about that just because, like, uh, personally, I was actually also talking to Dan Dring about this, just both being jujitsu guys coming over. It was just, like, I was sort of grappling, <laughs> grappling with the idea that, like, why I feel like I can't bend Uh, and I know you've said and a lot of other guys have said, like, keep it to like two, three times a week. But um, like coming off of this feet and just feeling like pretty lousy. And I was just like, why could I do jujitsu every day and roll for like two hours? And why is this bending thing so different? Why am I just not feeling like I'm firing on these days? Then it kind of just like clicked in my mind where like, when I'm, where I guess anyone, but personally speaking, when I'm trying to do something that I haven't been done. I'm pushing myself to like a competitive level, you know, and, and, and in the training room for jujitsu, I wasn't rolling at a competitive a competition style level. Right. So it's like that kind of clicked in my mind, like, Oh, you know, like it's a different kind of intensity. So like, I shouldn't be beating myself up just because I, I'm not, I'm not going down to the basement and performing like multiple, multiple times a week. Like, um, it's more of like, I wouldn't compete every single day in jujitsu, you know, like I wouldn't right. be able to.
0: <laughs> how many of the grade eights did you do? 24. 24. So that'd be like, doing, I mean, that's a hard, you know, exerted effort each one.
1: Yeah. So that'd be <laughs>
0: like 24 hard goes with, you know, 24 different tough. people back to back. I mean, you probably have trouble recovering from that. Yeah. But also, how many years have you been doing jujitsu? Uh,
1: I started in 08
0: long time, 12 years, you know, your yeah. body's just accumulated so yeah. much endurance and, you know, just jujitsu yeah. you know, energy in you. That's and with bending, too. you're so relatively new and you've advanced way faster than me. I mean, you're way ahead of anywhere I was, you know, however many months in you are now. And so you've just gotten there so fast that your body hasn't caught up as it has That's a good 12 point. years of jujitsu of just building it slowly.
1: Yeah, well yeah well thank you for saying that and that's a it's a good point is it it's hard and I know you'll be able to speak to this too it's just like it's so fulfilling you know like I think that's why we all we all do this like when you do something that it, like the amount of effort and you just see it pay off and you feel it when the when the goddamn bar starts to move or the thing starts to crack if it's a snap it's just like that is a good feeling, you
0: know. It is, yeah.
1: <laughs> and, no, it's good
0: to push yourself. It's uh it's really fun pushing yourself as hard as you can. I, yeah. I that's my favorite part about it
1: Yeah. And what do you think about like uh a comment on just um you said that I was advancing fast and I certainly feel like uh Josh, I, I shouted him out in the last episode, but I mean he's double overhanding some some really amazing stuff with minimal time in bending. Um as a guy that's not super, I mean, you're, you're definitely like someone everybody looks up to, but on the spectrum of years into something, you're still relatively uh, new, although you're definitely like a heavy hitter. Um, what do you think about just like people coming in and, and the access to maybe information with uh, Instagram and everything is like, is it a good thing that people come in and advance quickly? Does that raise the level Uh, for bending for everyone or do you think it's just like the people that develop quickly are more apt to fall off or what what's your thoughts on just all it happens in all sports you know
0: yeah um you know i mean i think it's great i love people you know seeing people kick ass and josh is kicking ass i mean he is yeah he's obviously a a very strong person like he's just got a lot of strength um but there's been a lot of people try bending that are as strong as him or stronger, and haven't done even close to what he's done. He must, you know, have a lot of just pain tolerance and mental toughness and grit and the other stuff bending, mm-hmm. bending needs. But yeah, he's got high, high potential. I mean, he's Absolutely. got a lot of horsepower and is, is killing it very quickly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think you know, I like to see more people bend, and the more people bend, the better and Um, You know, there have been people that go in and get strong very fast and then phase out and then there's people that stick with it. It, You know, that's all kind of an individual thing. I don't know if it relates across the board. It's probably more an individual type thing.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, it's all very exciting. Like as much as I enjoy um, doing this, like I I like seeing stuff be done, like when Dan snaps a bolt, like in record time. and then Dan is crazy like he's so like he's so precise he's obviously a very powerful kid i'd love to like uh, train jujitsu with him one day um but very super powerful and just i've studied his his tapes and he sent me stuff to study too He's just like he's so precise with his mechanics there's nothing wasted you know there's no wasted movement there
0: yeah i I honestly thought we would never see a snapper like ruben um but dan you know he's on ruben pace and power i mean i you know i don't know if he's quite to ruben i mean he's beat some of ruben's records on the faster stuff yeah you know ruben's still probably ahead of him overall but man he uh he's a hell of a snapper yeah
1: yeah and relatively new as well Is uh, brand new yeah yeah
0: very fast became uh you know an excellent snapper
1: yeah it's very cool to see that uh and uh, yeah, I look forward to 2021. It's going to be cool. And I love uh, David doing the competitions. I, I'd love to see like more of that. Uh, you know, I think just like things that motivate people like that. And I, I'd like to see, like you touched on the last episode, the guys that are kind of strictly double overhand. I'd love to see them get into some of the snapping and uh, other stuff that's going on because it's,
0: yeah. it's just so interesting there's so much more different types of bending going on now I feel like than when I started when I first started I feel like most people were double overhand bending mm-hmm. and I think in years before me people like David Wegren and Mike Rinderley and people were doing you know all the different braced and unbraced bends not snapping but mm-hmm. tons of variety and then I think it kind of bending fell into just mainly double overhand there for a little while and that's how it was when I started I for the first year i had been, I didn't do anything but double overhand. That's the yep. only thing I ever did. And it was David's first steel shredder competition. Right. That I, it was the first time I brace bent or snapped anything. Yeah. And um, that's one great thing about steel shredder comps and stuff is it just exposes people to so many other different types of bending. And I yeah. feel like people nowadays are just doing a great variety of bending uh, compared to when I first started.
1: That's cool to hear. Yeah, I think it's great. And I think you touched on it in the last episode, but is as far as injury prevention, if you're not just banging away at one style, and you mix it up, like, I I think it's absolutely going to keep you safer than if you're just like, grinding into one style.
0: Yeah, no, I agree 100%. Um, Let's see. So we did
1: what do you have planned? That was one of the questions someone said. We'll get into the questions in a minute. Um, what what's on the radar right now?
0: So current plan is break. Uh, there's a Guinness World Record I'm going to attempt to break on Friday. That I feel pretty good I'm going to break. All right. Uh, a uh, there, there's not many Guinness you know steel bending records. There's only a couple, and they're kind of weird little records. But it's there, so I'm going to try to break it because. I can break the dang thing, so I'm gonna do it. But it's uh, it's the 10 inch bikes, the three eights, 10 inch bikes, the most bent in a minute, the record seven. And wow. so I'm gonna attempt that on uh, Friday. Um, the Guinness records are real particular with how you prove them and stuff. I mean, you gotta have all these witnesses and timekeepers and wow. documented a million. I mean, honestly, the whole hassle of doing everything is like crazy. Like, I first applied to break this record in April, and wow. I'm just not getting ready to do that time. There's just so much, you know, official stuff you got to go through. It's, it's a little wild.
1: Yeah, I, I remember you telling me some of that, actually. Uh, when was that record set? Is that an old standing record?
0: No, it was set in, actually, December 2019. The guy's oh, okay. actually from New York. Really? I want to say his name's Bill Clark. I may have his last name wrong, but I think it's Bill Clark. He looks like he was a champion power lifter and then also did strongman stuff and did some performances and whatnot. Okay. He's got the uh, license plate tearing world record too.
1: Interesting. Wow. That's cool. What other uh, uh, nail bending feats are there in Guinness or steel bending? For
0: um, There's that. There's one on uh, Horseshoe Harding. That's a okay. newer record that was done. Oh, wow. And then there's... Uh, bending 10 nails they're these seven millimeter by 120 millimeter nails you may have seen Serco post about it he's sending me these nails because i'm going to try to break this record too
1: Nice, but they're
0: they're like i try to find these nails and they just don't sell them in the u.s contact the david horn they don't sell them in england it's like some nail that's germany austria that that region that's very common that's everywhere there
1: so it's seven Um,
0: what is it bending they're seven millimeter by 120 millimeters
1: so is that like uh 5 16 by like four and a half or, so, or it's we...
0: between a you know quarter as um six mil 8 okay. mil five sixteen. 16 so it's between a quarter and oh okay and be like 9 30 seconds or something like that yeah and then um i think that it, it works out to be about eight inches i don't know i've never oh. been one wow uh, whenever i get to nail some circle it'll be the first <laughs> time i've been one but nice. it's a to bend 10 and they're considered a complete bend at 90 degrees, and oh, okay. the record's like 22 seconds. So, you it's like literally all about just having the right setup and just being able to just boom boom because wow. 10 22 seconds is crazy.
1: That's very fast, yeah. And that's double so overhead. think in my
0: head, how to do the setup and what's the best way and whatnot, but but I still have never bent the nail, so I don't even know, yeah, how it's gonna feel and what setup's gonna be. It's eight inches, so it's a little bit long. Ah. Wow. Um, right. I don't know
1: and that's going to be double overhand?
0: I don't know. We got to see. I've thought about it all different ways. It's yeah. got to be one hit to, to pass 90 degrees and done. Yeah. And reverse. I tried some nails. I been, I just tried on 60 penny nails Yeah. and they're shorter. So it's harder to get further each hit. Yeah. So eight inches, I may be able to reverse them past 90 easy. I don't know, right. but it's got to be something where I can just grab and do grab and do grab the reverse you know if you had a table right here you can just boom 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 yeah I've also thought of like a high get a high table something that's about right here I can just grab grab you know just like this and just it's got to be something like that though one second to meet the record
1: that's what came to my mind as you're describing it something that was like hand height like where you're bending about that height you know yeah that's cool so when's that happening this week or that's that one you're waiting for the nails
0: yeah i wait for the nails and see how they feel and whatnot yeah Um, but i got it all set up today after thanksgiving to break the spike record i got all the official people and all that stuff you know set up (laughs) come and do it
1: really cool uh what any other ones you got planned
0: um i want to do some du i it's been since last fall that i've been I haven't really done much big double underhand bends.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but I'd like to get the shiny bastard and uh, sex a double underhand.
1: Nice. So I think
0: I've just started going back to doing um, big double underhand bends. I'd like to do those. Yeah. Um, I'd like to do the 220 um, Italian, the grip bend Italia bar. Yeah. I've only got one of those left. And uh, I did the 210 bar. I sorted that. And uh, it's stainless steel, it's 1132nd stainless steel, oh. and it's really hard on the crush. Wow. And so the 210 bar I got, and then it's the same steel and type of bar, but just shorter, the 220. And I had two bars. I sent Derek a couple, but I had two left, uh-huh. and I, it went to two and a quarter. And uh-huh. it just, it literally locked up and would not move. Wow. No matter how hard I crushed on that thing, it would not move. And so I'm I'm going to wait till my crush is stronger before I try the next one. It's, uh, kink and sweep were real easy for me, but then it got to that that last quarter inch and it just yep. would not move.
1: That's typical of stainless, right? Or
0: Yeah, stainless is definitely harder on the crush. Yeah. Um, definitely. It's a crush heavy bar.
1: Yeah, that's cool. I like to, uh, that sometime in uh, December or maybe the new year, I'm going to try to order some of those bars from Italy. Those look cool
0: they're really nice bars. I mean, they're real shiny. I mean, they're really pretty bars that, uh, he's a really good guy too. Um, he's running a nice company over there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Talked to him a little bit. He sounds really cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I'd like to do those. I'd like, I'd like to do a couple more of the Rito bolts. I'd like to do the 8.8 at six inches. I haven't tried one yet, but I'd like to nice. do that. Nice. I'd like to do the 5.5 inch and the one pad. Yeah. Yeah. You know, did I'd like to try that? Um, so I got a few other small miscellaneous things. that Circles also sent me some of the big bars that Carl did, like uh-huh. the Liathan and some of those bars. So I'm excited to get those and hopefully do some big braced bars. Um, awesome. Do.
1: That's great. Yeah, that's exciting to hear. I, I, it's so cool. Just like so, so many like certs and this and that, like stuff to do. I, uh, I'd like to see some more people get onto JT's thing. Uh, it's probably like relative, well, it's probably extremely easy for you and, and some of the other heavy hitters, but um, those were fun bars. And I, I know like uh, people are searching for um, rosters to get on. So everybody should definitely check out the challenge dude and uh, yeah. get on that list.
0: Yeah, I ordered some bars after listening to his thing. I want the pads, too, because after you said they're like the Bender Battlesfield pads. Yeah. I like the Bender Battlefield pads, but the pair I have are really old and beat up. torn up. And so, yeah, I wanted to get some, you know, newer versions of those.
1: Nice. Nice. I just got to run my wife the baby monitor. I'll be right back. Yep. All right, let's get into some questions from the people. So, first question from Adam Glass. He says, talk with Don about his overall strength program outside of steel work. So you did get into this a little bit on the last episode, um, but Let's uh, let's get into it a little bit. I know you do generally Mondays. Are you still working with isometrics a lot? Or?
0: Yeah, Mondays, and so today was a general strength day. And um, yeah, I think it's real important to keep your overall body strength up for bending. And uh, I'd like to do more days in the week of overall, you know, strength. But I think you know, if bending's your main focus you know, it's gotta be the main thing you're doing. So for me, two days bending, one day strength training just works out. Um, but yeah, I like to do just big compound type movements. I've been doing a lot of the isometrics and I've been getting, you know, I feel like my strength is really going up with isometrics right now. Um, but before the isometrics, you know, squats, deadlifts, I like to lift stones, overhead presses, um, you know, a little bit of bench press. I'm not a huge in a bench press, but I've, I've been actually having a lot of fun and been getting quite a bit stronger with isometric bench presses. Wow. And, um, and then I'll do a lot of odd angle stuff and different stuff for my core to try to build an explosive and yeah. just, um, you know, the core strength and bending, you know, you need so much, but it's different than doing like sit-ups and leg raises, stuff like that. It's gotta be heavy duty, you know, yeah. hammering type core stuff. So I like suitcase holds, um, you know, all sorts of different band work and isometrics and stuff that I do for that sort of stuff.
1: With the ISO training on the bench, is that just with the rack? You're just setting it up so you, like, uh, it locks it in place and then just pushing from there?
0: Yeah, so what I have found um, is best is to have weight on the bar, though, and so um, I forget the term. There's a term that they use that, you know, your body kind of inhibits itself, like, if it doesn't have to lift it it's not going to lift the max amount so you just pushing on a bar with no weight on it you know your body's not going to go to the 100 as if there was actually weight on it there's some like scientific term that i forget what it is and so what i do it's it's actually how the i think the york guys did it back in the 60s and whatnot when they were big in isometrics and Invented the power rack for this because that's what the power rack was invented for was the isometrics, I believe. Oh, wow! It is you know, I'll do the bench press, I'll put the pins in towards the bot at the very bottom, and then I'll put maybe a couple holes up, um, just another bar, just like a three quarters inch, 48 inch bar through to stop, you know, to be a pin to stop, and then I'll put on weight, you know, 200 pounds or something like that, 205, and then I push up and I. Push on the bar as hard as I can, holding it into the bar.
1: Oh, wow. And
0: it works you. I mean, it really works you. And so I'm not pushing just to hold it. I'm trying to push it through. You know, I'm pushing yeah. 100% effort. But with that weight on the bar, you can push so much harder and it brings your muscles into it so much more. Yeah. I normally start a close grip, a medium grip, okay. wide grip at one set, you know, one level. And then I'll gradually extend them out till by the end I'm doing lockouts. Wow. That's real cool. really good core exercise that I learned from Bud Jeffries is what I do at the very end of it. And I normally will just do it maybe with 185 or something on it. I'll put the bar that stops you, you know, maybe this much above what your lockout position is. And so then you do the bench press, but then you gotta like roll your whole body up with your core oh. to hit the pin and then hold it on the pin as hard as you can <laughs> and it's yeah. really I mean your abs and your core it's just it's just really works it and it's kind of like an emotion of like pushing down on a horseshoe to open it yep. you know to brush it down um, I think it's really specific to bending it's one of my favorite core exercises
1: nice all right and then see. I'll
0: do deadlifts and you know stones and and other stuff
1: and how, how long are you usually spending on a monday out there just doing the general strength stuff
0: um maybe an hour and a half
1: nice about That's what nice. i
0: spent tonight
1: cool all right another person in, from instagram asks if don can close uh captain of crush three
0: no I've never closed one
1: <laughs> all right
0: i haven't touched it i you know i don't i Right when I first started, I did some gripper work and I did the 2.5 and I bought a three, but I never closed it, but I, I haven't even trained on one or tried to do one. in, in a long time, it just, it it doesn't really interest me. I mean, it's interesting, but it just, to me, it's nothing I'm training for or trying for. Yeah. All right.
1: Let's see. All right. Simon Stewart on steel shredder group says... I'd like to hear what Don's motivation is as long as well as any long-term goals or feats he still wants to accomplish so we kind of touched on that
0: yeah with motivation it. um I just like to push myself like I don't know I I get a lot of satisfaction about uh, pushing myself as hard as I can and just keep up in the ante and you know trying to do a harder bar trying to do something faster I just I like that inner competitiveness with myself. And uh, I like competing against people too. That's fun. But just pushing myself to do more and more is really honestly what drives me more than anything. Nice. Long-term goals. We talked about, I don't have anything real long-term right now. Um, We talked about some of my, most of the things we talked about, those are, you know, kind of probably fairly soon in the next few months or six months type stuff. Yeah. I don't have anything that's real far out there right now. Um, I'll probably come up with something at some point in time, but nothing right now.
1: Yeah, sure. All right. Uh, David Kirschen, on Steel Shredder says, I'd be curious to see how Don sets up his training in regards to intensity. For example, if he's working up to an attempt, is he working up to an attempt every workout, or does he have lighter days with a focus more on technique or conditioning? Would this be, be scheduled, or does he auto-regulate and go by feel? Also would love to hear about how he rotates through the different styles of bends. And of course, uh, over the course of a month. So if he's working unbraced bends, for example, would he switch grips every session or just stick with one for that training cycle?
0: So there's a lot of questions within there. What's What was the very first part of it? Let's break it first
1: down. First one was, how does Don set up His training in regards to intensity, if he's working up to a big attempt, is he working up to a big attempt every workout or does he have lighter days with a more technique focus?
0: So, I mean, I know it's my technique, you know, I know technique. I don't, I'm not worried about my technique. If you're newer in your first year to bending, you know, some technique works probably good. But I, um, yeah, my days are all heavy days unless I only get to bend two days a week. So I'm, I'm going hard and heavy. The only days I do light days, I will sometimes is if my body's just beat up. If, you know, if I'm just not feeling it or my body's sore, sometimes you get deep tendon soreness that won't go away. I may do a light workout or um, if I'm just feeling like shit, sometimes I just, I like to scroll lots of times. If I'm just yeah. not feeling regular bends, I'll just switch it up and do something totally different and just have fun scrolling. Nice. And so that's really if, if it's a lighter day, it's because I either I'm not feeling good, I'm sore, or I'm like maybe a week out from, you know, a record attempt or, or something where I want to be real fresh. And yeah. so I'm just going kind of light so my body's fresh. But in general, I, I like high intensity. Yeah. And uh, that's what works for me. And, um, you know, I don't know, I think you bend all the 60 pennies and yellow nails and stuff like that you want, it's not going to get you to the red nail, you need to keep progressing and moving up and, uh, you know, max type bends. Yep. And
1: it says, how, how do you rotate through the different styles?
0: So that's all kind of based on my goals. If I don't have any real goals, I'll do them all at the same time. You know, I'll reverse double overhand, double underhand and brace bend in the workout. But then sometimes I don't really have any goals for double underhand bending, so I won't do it for a while. You know, maybe a few months or whatever. Maybe I won't reverse bend for a few months. It just, it's all based on my goals. Um, and if I don't have any real key goal I'm focusing on, then I'll do, I'll do them all. But I, I think you can do them all in a in workout. Um most of my training's just kind of by feel. I don't have a set routine or, a, you know, a plan. I just it depends on what I'm, my goals are for the time and what I feel like when I get in there.
1: Yeah. And how long are the uh the bending sessions typically about the same as your strength like uh hour and a half or so or are you going longer or shorter with the bending?
0: I'd say on Wednesday cuz that's like during the week you know, a day I work, probably two, and then on Saturday, maybe two to two and a half.
1: Okay, nice. All right, another question from Mike Plevin, former guest on the show. He says...
0: Yeah, I read Mike's stuff. Yeah. It's, um, I, I had a little trouble grasping exactly what he was getting at, and then I, you know, I, when he clarified it, something with, uh, you know, like doing a deadlift standing on the box Right. I kind of understood what he meant. Um, I don't, I really don't know how that applies to bending. I don't know. I couldn't think of anything, how that really applies to bending. I don't know. Do you think right. of anything that the only thing that because I mean, can there's mind. a certain range of motion, whether it's reverse or double overhand or, or something, you know, so there could be like kind of a partial where you're just moving a bar so much, or doing an isometric in a certain position, but I can't really think of anything that's kind of beyond the normal range of motion.
1: Yeah, the only thing that came to mind with me is just picturing like when David Horn does those like fully unbraced snaps, like reverse snaps, where he's like flipping it around and it's almost like you, uh, you in the opposite shape and then he's uh, reversing it down. So it's like a, it's not much past the normal range yeah. of motion, but that bar might be bent like a couple positive degrees above straight and then coming down. But uh, I'm not sure. Yeah. So. I guess maybe we'll follow up with Mike a little bit on that one. Um, all right. And did, all right. From Dave up in Canada, says: horsepower versus torque. Does Don feel like one is more important and useful than the other for bending, and does it change depending on bending style?
0: Horsepower versus torque. Well, I don't know that I would know really know what the difference is. All right, <laughs> but do you know uh, what he's what, getting at, or see. what uh...
1: he did break it down for me one time? And I'm trying to think what he was saying about it. Um,
0: Horsepower is fast and torque slow, or I,
1: I, I think mean, I'm not like wrong. I think torque was be yeah. I think maybe I think you're right. Like maybe like. I don't know I think it's best I'll just follow up with him on that one Um, and then we have muscular strength versus ligament and tendon strength which is more useful
0: for bending um, you know I I mean I think both Um, it's so hard to differentiate you know when you're when you're doing something you don't It's not like when you do a double overhand bend, I can say, well, that was my tendon that did at that time, or that was my muscles or right. It's kind of all wrapped together as one unit, your body, you know, you got the tendons, the ligaments, the bones, the muscles, the skin, everything's got to work together as a team to do the biggest bends. And so, you know, if you got a weak link, that's going to be the part that's exposed and it's going to fail the bend. So you got to work your body as a, a whole cohesive unit and, And not let any of that fail, you know, I think you want everything strong.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Then um, Let's see. Well, that's pretty much the same question. All right. So that's pretty much what we have for questions from everybody. And one thing I wanted to um, Talk to you about was the speed bending uh, the mid bar speed bending that you did for horn. Was that one that that's been kind of switched around. Did Nick McKinless take take that first spot, and then you took it back? Was it, Was there some? Yeah. Uh, uh, that's pretty cool. Oh, that's right? a
0: that's a fun record. It's, yeah, uh, that record to me, it's crazy how much it's advanced, and it just is a perfect example of why records are so good to push people and push the standard in a sport. Because that one, I actually got the numbers here because that was something I was maybe going to talk about. Let me find them real quick. Uh, yeah. So that one, David Horn said at UK Strongest Man in okay. a minute, eight seconds. Okay. That was David's record. And it was, you know, a great record.
1: And what, what and, year was that?
0: Mm, maybe two years ago or okay. I don't know, something like that. Yeah. Then at the beginning of this summer, maybe in the middle of the summer, I broke it. And it was 40 some seconds. I forget how many, but 40 some seconds. So, yeah beat it by a little bit and I thought I did a great job and you know (laughs) I was pretty fast at 40 seconds then Nick McKinless comes and smokes my record at 32 seconds like beat it (laughs) by like 10 seconds or more wow and then I beat his record at at 22 seconds yeah the record went from a minute eight down to 22 seconds just because people are seeing what you know each other are doing and you
1: know the
0: when I did it in 40 seconds, I would have never, never even dreamt of doing it in 22 seconds. Yeah. But then when I see somebody do it in 33 seconds, you know, it's motivating me and coming up with ways to go faster and whatnot. So it's yeah, it's a great example of the, how these records can push. And the same with the spike speed bending record for David Horn. Um, David did it in 28 seconds, and then on my daughter's birthday, I like to do feats on my birthday and my kids' birthdays too. Sometimes yeah. special feed for him. And so on Scarlett's birthday in October, I did eighteen seconds on that speed bending record. That wow. was another one that uh, you know shows the jumps and whatnot.
1: That's cool. And those are three calibrated bars, right? Each of those, or is it...
0: yeah, they're calibrated bars. And um, David has the rules with it's got to be three at X level, you know, to be. Yeah, you know, I, I can't remember what they are. If it's okay. For the spike ones that let's just say it's 205 kilograms. It's got to be at least that that for the three bars. Okay. So it could be 205 on the dot, it could be 208, you know, whatever bars you have, but it's they've got to be at least that level.
1: So it's three at the same rating generally, or is it three different ratings at, at that? Level?
0: I think you can do whatever you want. As long as the three bars are above, you know, whatever the minimum rating is.
1: Okay. You okay. uh you know,
0: you can use them, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it seems like uh, it's come a long way, even when people just snapping red nails, right? Like, uh, I feel like I read an uh, old entry on the grip board about you snapping one and uh, a couple of years ago, and it hadn't seemed like too many people had done those. And now it seems like, you know, people are ripping through them
0: it seems like the red nail snapping one's like almost no big deal anymore. It's crazy how fast <laughs> people are doing it. Like, yeah, when I first snapped one, it was, I don't know, couple three years ago or something. It took me like, I think 25 minutes or something. And it was like this terrible affair <laughs> and, you know, and people weren't snapping red nails, like, yeah. you know? And then, you know, it kind of got to be David Ruben, Krill. me and Kirill we're like doing these snaps and red nails and whatnot and then now there's just so many people doing them and they're so much faster than they used to be like yeah. it, it's crazy how advanced the snapping's become yeah and Krill. a lot of this stuff like that now is routine was like crazy like a year ago I think it was like maybe a year ago that the man killer snap and the stuff came out and when they were first done you know these were really hard things you know David did it and then I did it, and, then I did it laying down. I think I was the first person doing it laying down. Cool. Cool. Like The the four of us were kind of doing all these feats, but nobody else was. And now people are doing them so fast. It's, that is like, that game has amped up so much. The snapping game. It's, it's a little crazy.
1: Yeah. It's really, it's just, it's like, just like you're saying with that record of the uh, mid mid leg bars, it's hard to imagine. Um, a red nail getting snapped any faster than 32 seconds or whatever Dan did it in, like. But I it's I believe crazy. that it will.
0: Somebody will do it faster. Yeah, yeah it's I, crazy. It's
1: yeah. Not, like it's any,
0: what was the grade A bolt? 17 seconds or something?
1: Yeah, yep.
0: You know, you look at what people are doing in mean, a year or two ago, not even close to that. Yeah. Like, I think the record was probably a minute something. Wow. It. Uh, yeah. No, it's crazy how just seeing somebody else do something makes it possible in your mind you uh, know i feel the same and way. It's, yep you know and i think that's one thing right now with bending with so many different types of bends being done and a lot of people doing it right now the standards are getting raised i mean they just are i mean the standards now compared to when i first started bending they're much higher the standards are definitely being raised in bending
1: yeah the evolution it's like that's the, in grappling you know people say like the purple belt of uh today is like you know a, an elite level black belt of the 90s you know it's just because yeah. everything everything evolves like technology yeah. and just the whole mix and i think right now just speaking personally and maybe speaking on behalf of the guys that sort of um uh got introduced to this uh, when being sidelined from uh, something we are very passionate about and also having the time because of just the state of uh, things in the world is it was a perfect uh, recipe to get really into something and have the time to do it, you know?
0: Yeah, no, and it's shown the grapplers are great snappers. I mean, to be, you know, any sort of grappling, you got to have an extreme level of conditioning and I yeah, see it just shows with the grapplers have this aptitude to become great snappers. And talking about the evolution, when you said, uh, you know, the, whatever belt of yesterday is today, man, I've seen that with wrestling wrestling. If you watch old videos of wrestling, oh, yeah. even the best, you know, college and Olympic wrestlers versus wrestlers. Nowadays, it almost doesn't even look the same. The guys nowadays are so crazy good yep. and they just wrestle and they're so good at positional wrestling and wrestling through positions and scrambling like guys that don't even medal now would probably dominate guys who win gold medals, you know, yeah. back in the day at, uh, the levels just consistently increased.
1: Yep. Yeah. It's so cool. It's, uh, it's really cool to watch it. You know what actually just popped into my mind and I don't think I touched on this with you last episode, but is, uh, Something that just always weird, I talked to Josh about this last week. Something that just weirds me out about, about regular sports fans. And I don't have anything against that. Like, I like watching football and stuff like that. But the not having the drive or just the, the desire to see something and then want to go do it. You know what I mean? Like, I just, yeah. the, I just like anything I've ever seen, I wanted to, tr- to experience it firsthand. And I feel like a lot of guys probably in the bending community and maybe the grip community in general. are are that same type of guy you know what i'm saying
0: yeah i know i think in the bending community i mean you got to be a little kind of fanatical and you know a little bit extreme because not mind pain and different things and so it it attracts a different type of person you know you definitely have to have an inner drive you know that's what it really requires an inner drive because it's not comfortable it's not any type of normal fun and so you got to have an inner inner something pushing you
1: has that been the case with, with you though? Or, um, would you say that it, you've more been a participant of things more than a fan, or maybe you become a fan first and then uh, immediately try to, uh, become a participant. Right.
0: Yeah. I always have something that I get obsessed with, you know, it, uh, I think you talked about it before you, you get obsessed with things and yeah, I'll see something and it looks fun. And then I, I just get wrapped up in it. Yeah. Uh, I've always yeah. had something over the years to push myself with. Whether you know before the bending, it was the rock climbing and ice climbing and wrestling. You know, whatever it is, something to get involved in and just you know throw yourself into to to really get after.
1: Yeah, some the, some of the climbers are just the strongest people on earth. I think. I mean, um, Adam just being a lighter guy. I asked I asked Adam who who were some of the lighter guys to ever pick up the, uh, inch replica. And he sent me this guy. I think his name Eaves is Eves. Like or... Yeah. 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 real.
0: Yeah. I think he's about 150 pounds. He's my God. the smallest I've seen pick up an inch. He's incredibly, um, you know, the, the finger strength is incredible in climbers.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He, I, I follow him on Instagram now and it's, it's like the stuff he's doing is completely
0: insane. Yeah. I was always limited with climbing to some extent by my weight. you know, like, I'm now I'm about 245, but when I was climbing, I was probably 220 uh-huh. and, you know, there weren't many 220 pound climbers, you know, yeah, <laughs> so climbers.
1: True.
0: and yeah. so, I mean, I really liked the rock climbing, but then I kind of got into some of the different big multi-pitch stuff and stuff like that, where, um, you know, you could push yourself in different ways besides just trying to do the, the hardest grade and whatnot. Yeah, I became a respectable climber, but nothing elite or anything like that. Yeah, um, But then ice climbing too, I found that's cool i loved ice climbing just because climbing ice it was just so cool and beautiful but also it didn't limit me as much weighing 220 pounds uh, Uh because you're actually holding on to an axe okay so it's not like putting 220 pounds on like a little tips of your fingers you actually have something to hold on to so it didn't limit me and i you know i my ice climbing level was much greater than my my rock climbing level oh interesting
1: you know what i want to uh that we touched on the last episode, but we didn't get into it fully was, what were you up to before you found the grip stuff? And how did you find the grip stuff? Were you just?
0: Yeah, so I, um, it was the rock and ice climbing was my last big thing. Uh And then I had like a couple of years where I kind of wasn't doing much. It's, you know, it was right after my kids were born and whatnot, I kind of got out of doing stuff. And then, um, yeah, I started just training in general again and uh, I found I think the grip board and I'd always kind of been interested in hand strength
1: okay
0: even before climbing like I had a copy of John Brookfield's first book when I was in high school and I would do hand exercise and I just for whatever reason when I started training again started researching hand strength found the grip board and then saw the old time strong men and the other people bending steel and and thought it looked cool so I tried it out and you know, really never looked back. I, I was doing like grip competitions, but then I, I switched pretty quickly to, to just bending. Just to bending.
1: Yeah. What, what do you think your interest in hand strength was? Was that from being a grappler or like, cause I know plenty of weightlifters that just like know nothing about grip, you know?
0: But. Yeah. It's, um, honestly, I think iron mind is probably where it's from. I was really into when I was in high school. And so I really loved training. I was into power. I used to compete in powerlifting, and uh-huh. um, my dad was a power lifter in the Marine Corps. And oh, so wow. I got into like training and doing stuff like that early. And um, I, I would check out Iron Mind's page. Like, and I, I bought the Super Squats book, the 20 rep squats. Yep. And I, I did that for a time period. And they sold John Brookfield's Mastery of Hand Strength. I okay. think was the first one.
1: Yeah. And
0: so it probably was buying that book, honestly, was my first wow. exposure to grip. That's and I would cool. do some of the exercises in his book, like in high school and, and stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool that your dad was into lifting and stuff like that. Uh, my dad did a little lifting, nothing crazy, but was a musician. And that was something we were able to share. Like I, I uh, grew up playing music with him and stuff like that. And just like, yeah. as you saw my son doing the, uh, the, uh, David Torrance, uh, steel shredder entry the other night, it's pretty cool yeah. to, to share this with him. And, uh,
0: yeah that was awesome to see man he's gonna be a beast
1: <laughs> i know he's got he's got now that he knows who noah jeffries was he's got hopes to bend a red by the time he's 14 and do all this other stuff and be a black belt by the time he's 21 and he's yeah that's awesome <laughs> and now and now but
0: the noah's army thing was awesome seeing everyone doing the feats and oh yeah i watched the whole thing almost like it, oh cool uh, it was uh it was a cool day watching everything That's an inspiring
1: family, man. I I enjoyed talking to Bud so much the time I had him on the the show and I just, his uh, Instagram is just definitely something to see and completely inspiring. He's a cool guy.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt he's one of the strongest people in the world too and and is really just an innovative, I really consider him a genius at his training concepts and what he's come up with. and, And if you read some, I don't know, have you watched any of his like Products that he sells, or any of his books, or any of that stuff.
1: I watched the stuff you sent me on Isometrics, and I've uh, watched watched some of the other stuff. I haven't bought any products, but what I've seen online,
0: like he he has these two books, Twisted Conditioning One and Two. I think that they maybe came out fifteen years ago or something. But a lot of the concepts and stuff he's talking about there were somewhat ahead of their time. Stuff that's nowadays kind of commonplace. Bud was doing this stuff and talking about the benefits of it before other people were like, yeah. he really, you know, in John Brookfield's the same way, John Brookfield came up with so many crazy different genius training ideas over the years. Both of those guys just to me are the two people that probably inspired me the most and both of them don't limit themselves on coming up with their own, you know, exercises and stuff they'll come up with all sorts of crazy stuff so i try to use that when i'm coming up with different you know bending the training ideas or exercises or whatnot just try to be creative with it because you can come up with your own things lots of times that are great
1: yeah yeah Bud uh really changed i think i mentioned on the last episode or the one that yet to come out with josh maybe but um it's worth saying again it's like so much respect to bud because he really changed the way i think about or literally the way I think when I'm training, like, because I was talking to him on the show and I was saying how jujitsu makes me so happy and I'm like, just so in the moment and so like, just full of joy when I'm doing it. I love it with all my soul, you know, like, and uh, for whatever reason, when I got into the strength stuff, I thought I had to be mad. Like, I thought I was stronger when I was angry, you know what I mean? Like, or not showing up, but thinking, like getting so fired up and all that. And it was just like, felt very taxing and overall sort of negative especially if i missed whatever i was trying you know that because then i don't have the like uh endorphin rush of completing the thing i was trying so it's like yeah man this is like a few times a week i'm really going to a dark place trying to be super strong like this it's not the same feeling as jujitsu. and he's like man you love steel bending right like you love like strength training in general like it's the same thing like just think of those same think of it the same way like you're happy to be doing it like be appreciative of doing it and you don't need to like generate the negativity and the anger to be strong like you can be strong and happy at the same time, yeah you know? no like,
0: for sure it's um you can go to the same level you know of intensity without anger like some people that's you know i mean that's how they get to that extra level as anger and uh But you you can get there without anger. You just you know you may have to teach yourself to do it. But um, you can get there higher. Maybe even higher. Maybe you're limited by the anger. You get so wrapped up that you can't think clearly and be in the moment to do everything precise. It's probably actually better. Yeah, not using anger to be your driving factor. It's definitely better for your happiness as a person, like you're saying.
1: Right. And it was also sort of just like okay, well, if I can think of it like this, like when I'm really exerting myself within. Maybe I should be in that same mindset, like when I'm warming up and maybe I should just when I'm like doing some regular conditioning and it was more of just like a, a mindset shift or like almost like a meditative, like aspect to like just the way you're thinking when you're physically training. And it's just like, it was just, it, maybe it sounds simple or like, uh, unimportant, but it was a major realization for me, you know? So like a ton of love and respect to bud for that, for sure.
0: Yeah, no, no doubt.
1: All right, Don. Well, that's all we got. You got anything else to say before we wrap it up?
0: That's it. Good luck with your Ben, and everyone out there. Um, everyone's posting great videos and everything lately, and I'm excited to
1: see where everyone goes. Oh, yeah. And uh, for now, the competition, let's, uh, let's get a plug for that. I'm sure I'll have you back on be- before May comes, or whenever it is. But Oh, for my comp. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think um, I don't remember the date. I, May 15th is in my head but it's, that may be wrong. It's whatever that middle Saturday is in May. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be the third, uh, the third competition and it's going to be a blast. Hopefully COVID is, you know, a thing of the um, past. <laughs> cooperating then and yeah. a big comp. Um, I've got a lot of people that seem like they're interested. So hopefully get real big participation and uh, get a lot of people there.
1: That would be so cool. All right. Well uh, everybody have a good night and Don, I will talk to you soon.
0: All right. See you, man. Take care. Thank you.